0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the potential success of your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today, we begin our look at Manpower Group's 10 Hardest Jobs to Fill, trying to determine why these positions remain vacant, and hopefully cluing people in on how to show employers they should get that gig. We look first to healthcare, specifically nurses, a career that is so important to everyone at some point in their lives. Joining us to discuss the various aspects of the position is Bridget Viborny, a clinical leader at a Level 1 trauma center. Bridget, thanks for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me, Tim.
0: You know, to give people an idea, just first of all, where you're coming from with this, your insight, if you could describe your experience as a nurse or in in this field and uh, just kind of what you do in your day-to-day basis.
1: Sure. So I've been a nurse for about the past four years. I started off as a floor nurse and then I became a clinical leader. I've been a clinical leader for the past three years, which is similar to being like an assistant manager. Uh, My primary role as a CL, clinical leader, we call it CL, is to uh, manage the floor and be a charge nurse as well as um, facilitate patient flow on the floor and kind of oversee everything. I work night, so I'm like primarily the management team for night shift. Okay.
0: All right, great. Well, obviously that fits in perfectly with what we're trying to somewhat figure out here. Now, when somebody mentions nurse, I guess in general terms, what is it that a nurse does, their, their role specifically?
1: Um, nurses, they provide bedside care. So the doctors will write orders and they'll write a plan of care for the patient when they're healing. Um, In the hospital setting, it's an acute care setting so we're looking at what we can do to transgress that patient to the next step in their healing. It could be whether they're going to be getting ready to go home or if they're going to be going to a skilled nursing facility. But We do a lot of teaching with the patient and their family um, about what they can expect for their care and their progression to the next level care outside of the hospital setting.
0: Okay. In general, then, obviously, it's it's all we can kind of base it on, but with your experience and and your knowledge of of the position, what do you think it is, just in general terms, that makes nursing a tough position to fill at this point?
1: Well, there's actually, there's several factors. One of the things is um, down the pipeline with education, it's really difficult to get people to stay interested in enrolling in nursing programs right now because there's a weight. Um, I've heard it be as, um, high as three years Wow! and yeah. And so a lot of people aren't interested in a career like that because mm-hmm. they want to get in, they want to start their career. They want to get in and be able to start immediately. And with that wait list, it's it kind of turns people off. So there's that factor. And then also there's also the factor of, um, the, right now, there's with a there's a nursing shortage that's looming. But with the way that we're set up with um jobs being low and unavailable, a mm-hmm. lot of those nurses who would have retired haven't retired yet. Okay. So there's a little bit of a backup there as well. So we do have these positions, but um there's not as many so that <laughs> there will eventually be this really big, deficit that will be coming when, um, nurses feel that they're safe to retire. And then also there's, um, hospitals. A lot of the hospitals are now looking at requiring nurses to primarily have a bachelor's in nursing instead of just an associate's. Okay. A lot of nurses don't have that right now. So the ones that are, they have them, they're not going to get grandfathered in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're, they'll be stuck in their position. And then the people who are coming on who've already been in associates programs, they'll be limited to where they can work without a bachelor's.
0: So especially in this field, then I get the sense that there, in essence, could be a lot of trouble in terms of you talk about a deficit and you hear people talk about a talent shortage and that sort of thing. Is this something that's just recently been going on and the effects are really going to be felt later, do you think?
1: I, yeah, I bet, I definitely believe so. Um, the nursing shortage—we've been—it's been a buzz for a while, mm-hmm. and then that kind of died down when um, the economy plummeted. But it's definitely going to be looming because there's the baby boomers, and they're—you right. know—they're getting to the point where they don't want to be doing bedside care anymore. Uh, but like I said, they're stuck there, so they're—they're they're waiting. A lot of them are just waiting for the right time.
0: And obviously you brought up the the big point of, of the uh, the education side of it and the wait list and how that clearly is going to deter some people. So let's at least look at it from a little different angle first so we can get back to that. In terms of the reputation that nurses have or, or the idea of going into nursing, what's sort of the the thought out there in terms of, what they do, what you guys do, um, positive, negative? Should it help in terms of finding people? What's your take on that?
1: I think primarily nurses have a positive reputation. Actually, uh, we do, in my setting, we do get a lot of patients who – give us thank you letters and mm-hmm. tell us, you know, how we provided them with really good care. The hospitals, um, they do something where they measure their patient satisfaction scores and they report those back monthly. So we're, in addition to providing the direct patient care where we're taking care of the patients and making sure they're healing, we're also doing a lot of customer service mm. and we get those reports back. And they, there's certain areas that they focus on, like they focus on wait time with call live. Um, pain management, mm-hmm. making sure that the nurses are in the rooms every hour. <laughs> and then they, when the patients go home, they get a survey so they can discuss, you know, what went well and what didn't. And then they report those back to the hospital so that, and they even report them to the actual floors so that every floor knows where they're at so that they can improve continuously. And we look at those monthly. hmm
0: you know obviously you touched on a lot of those areas and how it's it's not one thing that nurses generally do that it's sort of all over the map and just trying to provide those services when you look at the the skills that are essential for being an effective nurse what are some of those basic things that just have to be there if if someone is looking to get into this field
1: critical thinking that is huge. You know, that, I mean, when you go through the training for nursing through nursing school, that's the main focus is you need to be able to critically think because it's not always going to go by the textbook. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll teach you, you know, the basics of what to expect. But um, you it's bigger than a patient sitting in front of you. You have to be able to look at everything that's going on in the patient as a whole with the whole situation rather than the acute thing that's happening right in front of you. Sure. And it, if you don't have that, it can, it can lead to a safety concern.
0: Is that something that idea of critical thinking, can it be taught or can it be assessed in a certain way? I mean, are there ways to go about doing that, especially someone like you who's looking to hire someone possibly or, right. or someone is going in that field? How do you, how do you balance that?
1: Well, we when we're hiring people, we act the way that we tailor our interviews is to assess their critical thinking. So we actually pick questions that put the individual in a scenario where we're looking to see how they would respond to that situation to see if their critical thinking is on point. And then from that we can determine, I mean, obviously it's there's novice nurses and then there's new grads so they're mm-hmm. not always going to be on the same level so but we we ask a series of questions to see if that's something that can because critical thinking can be taught mm-hmm. but some of it also needs to be innate and so we look at that and see you know is this someone who is going to meet our needs that, based on our patient population and what we expect out of our nurses or is this someone who might struggle and needs to probably go into another area because nursing, there really is no limit. I mean, you could literally do anything with nursing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we have the interviews, we'll talk to the um, individuals and let them know, you know, this is the expectations of our unit and you need to know that and really think about if this is something that you're interested in because we do expect a lot because it's, you know, it's it could, like I said before, be a safety issue right. if they're not doing everything that they need to do to make sure that that patient's progressing.
0: Now, since we're sort of on this idea of the skills and the critical thinking being obviously a big one, a lot of other industries, a big concern with this, quote unquote, talent shortage and whatnot is the idea that companies aren't willing to train and they're not willing to maybe take a little chance on an inexperienced person to to actually train them. They want them to be ready. Uh, obviously, with nursing, you're talking about medical things and, and you mentioned safety, so there's that element to it also. do you do you factor in that when you're looking to hire someone as far as how much training may be necessary? do they have to be does there have to be a certain level they're at because of those safety concerns? How do you gauge where someone's at in terms of, okay, what do we have to help them with right, right off the bat?
1: When we hire people, we get, My institution is an academic center, so we actually have a program with the university that we're linked with, and we get an idea of how many new nurses are going through those classes Mm -hmm. and are graduating. So the expectations is when the new grads are coming through, they're going to get an extensive training compared to somebody who's applying for our unit who would be considered an experienced nurse. And an experienced nurse in our eyes is anybody who's been a nurse for a year or longer. And that includes if they were trading from coming from a different area. So like my area is adult health care. But there's different areas. There's women and children. Right. There's babies. Um, so even if a, someone was coming from an area that was completely different and they came over to my unit, um, we would and they were a nurse for greater than a year. We would have an expectation that they would be an experienced nurse. So their training is a l- little bit shorter than somebody who would be a new grad. But you're constantly assessing that person they're they're actually placed they have classes that they're expected to complete Mm -hmm. and then they're placed with a preceptor and then they meet with the manager with the preceptor and the person throughout their training to determine if they're where they're meeting their goals because they have weekly goals and if they're not what they could do to tweak it for the next week and then um if they're advancing quickly, if they could even come off of that training. So it's individually based, but we have an idea of how long each person should be taking through their training on the unit based on whether they're a new grad versus an experienced nurse.
0: Sure. And, you know, a part of this discussion of of new nurses, whether it be a a college grad or somebody, maybe it's a second career type thing where they they are going back into it. So essentially they're still a new grad, but they have experience from elsewhere. Right. In, in that, if you're a job seeker in that scenario, whether you're just a new grad fresh out of college or you are going back to college to become a nurse, what sort of things would you tell those people to focus on, to sell themselves on? Because obviously they're not going to have the experience of somebody who's been a nurse for three, four, five years or more. What should they focus on that could really sell them to you?
1: So when we hire those people, we, like I said previously, the questions that we ask, we base off of a lot of them on their critical thinking. We also base it off of their teamwork and um, customer service because those are big on the unit. And those, the areas... The questions that ask those, when we ask the person about those certain situations, we just ask them for their examples to be as specific as possible to demonstrate that they have those skills. And they don't have to be related to a hospital setting because we understand that there will be some people coming in who have no hospital experience. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for, though, is for them to give an example of how they shine with those skills so we tell them you know um, during this process you're going to be given a scenario and it can be related to a home situation it could be related to a previous job situation and we often tell the new grads because they do clinicals through school it could be related to a school-related situation and then we tell them you know take your time and think about your answer because we don't want you just to rush through, we want you to really sit here and think of how you best demonstrate this skill to us.
0: So do you have an example at all for, you know, for people listening, they're probably thinking, especially this critical thinking idea, is there a a go-to question or something that you could give us as an example where people could on their own, you know, kind of think about, okay, how would I answer in that situation?
1: Yeah. So one of the questions we work on is time management and looking at prioritizing. So a question we, a common question we ask the new hires is um, you're in a situation where you have multiple tasks placed in front of you and people are coming to you with different things that they need. How are you going to address which situations need to be completed first? And then what are you going to do to make sure that these tasks get done in a timely manner? And so what we're looking for in that answer is that they tell us that they're first going to take those situations and they're going to prioritize the most important situation 1st But when we have them answer that question, we don't want them to give a general answer. I don't want them to say, in that situation, I would. I want them to look back and say, okay, at school, I was a Friday night and I knew that I had to go over here and take care of this. And I had to um, have this paper done. And then I also had to do this sure. and then tell us what, how they got their priorities done and then how they were able to complete them in a timely manner. And in a hospital setting, it often goes as who's the most critical at that time. And then um, what you, because in a hospital setting, you're not independent and you work with a team, mm-hmm. we often do a lot of delegating. So usually what they do is they say that they're taking care of the most critical thing at that time and they're delegating smaller situations that are within the scope of practice of their CNAs or PCTs to them. And then if they find that there's two critical situations happening at the same time, that they rely on their charge nurse or another nurse to assist them so that there isn't anybody being left behind. And that takes critical thinking because people who don't see that become very frazzled in those situations. And then when you come up on that situation, you find that there's a safety concern because This person didn't ask for help or they just let things fall to the wayside that they shouldn't have let happen.
0: So with your experience then with interviewing and and, you know, with some of these candidates and whatnot, have there been a lot of instances or a decent amount where it seemed like this person might be a good fit and then they completely bombed on that sort of question? I mean, does that happen often? Is that part of this having trouble finding people or is that not necessarily what you've experienced?
1: (laughs) So in the situation of interviewing, it's unfortunately it has happened where we've hired somebody and then found out that they didn't have the tools that they needed, (laughs) but in that situation we're not looking to fail anybody sure. so we do a lot of remediation so in that time when we have someone come along and they interview great and you know everything in the interview process looks like it's where it should be and then we find that when they're actually placed in those situations they're just not where they need to be we will pull them aside as management and let them know you know this is where our expectations are and what we really need for you to focus on in this situation is doing this you know and then we like to remind them, you know, you're not alone here. Mm -hmm. You're with a team and you need to be able to do the delegating and the asking for help in an appropriate manner. Um, Unfortunately, if that continues to be a problem, then we will um, progress with disciplinary action. Okay.
0: You know obviously, we jumped a little bit ahead just talking about the interviews and and some of the things you look for. I want to get back to the education side of it because clearly that seems like a, a very big concern, just in terms of either driving people away or just causing the, these gaps. Um, you mentioned that the idea of a bachelor's degree may become a part of what you need. what about in terms of just general education? I mean, are math and science, are those vital to what what nurses have to go through? Is that not a a huge concern? Uh, I only ask because some of the other positions that we hear about being tough to fill... Part of it is the idea of math and science. People aren't going into that or don't have interest. What's the role they play in in terms of getting a degree and and becoming a nurse?
1: In nursing, math and science is expected. And actually, you cannot even apply for most nursing schools until you have certain math and sciences completed. But they're the lower levels. It's um, basically like your algebra one and two college level. And then it's the they're like the 100 and 200 level classes. It doesn't go up very high in those. It's not going to be like expectations of like calculus or anything like that. Because you do need to have an idea of anatomy and physiology because you'll be working with the body systems. So that is definitely an expectation. And then math, you um, will be doing drug calculations. So you need to have a basic idea of algebra so that you can make sure that the dosages that your patients are getting are appropriately Ordered.
0: So let's talk about, you know, a candidate gets through, you know, schooling and they're looking for this job, um, or maybe they're experienced and they just haven't found something yet. What sort of mistakes do you think uh, occur when somebody is looking for a job, when they're trying to find the right fit or they're applying? Um, you not, ne- not necessarily even in the interview, because we touched on that a little bit, but there must be things that sort of weed, they weed themselves out even before they get to that process. Are there certain things you've seen, heard, experienced for yourself?
1: Yes. So one of the things is when we interview people, we understand that we live in our scrubs when we work. But one of the things is that it is a profession. So when people show up and they're not dressed appropriately for the interview, Mm -hmm. it really just kind of gives the idea that they don't care. Sure. I always encourage people when I set up interviews to look at our dress code policy, because we expect them, even though they're not an employee of the facility that I'm at, that they dress as if they were, because that's the position they're applying for. And we don't mind if people show up in scrubs, but if they're going to come outside of scrubs, that they come in business attire. So we've had people, unfortunately, come to interviews in jeans, um, which is not part of our hospital dress code or um, provocatively dressed, you know, and it's like those things are not appropriate. You're here for a pro- to apply for a position and you need to look the part. Mm. You need to look serious about that position. We've also had people tell us, unfortunately, you know, this wasn't my first choice, but I'm applying here because the position's open. <laughs> and that's not appropriate. You know, I, I if you don't want to work for me, then I'm I don't want to hire you. You right. know, yes, there's a shortage, but at the same time there's a lot of people applying for these positions, and if you are coming to my Florida work, I expect you to be a team player and 100% as I expect everybody to be. So, telling people those things when they walk through the door doesn't, it's not appealing.
0: You know, it's funny, it, there's many different shows that we've done, it, people continue to tell those same stories that people are doing that, and it seems like common sense to dress yeah, the part you as you think. say, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know, it, it boggles the mind sometimes, I think. So, again, anyone listening, if you just put put your best foot forward. No matter what industry it is, that's pretty much the, the common sense part to it. Some of this discussion with jobs to fill, I've seen some experts kind of point the finger back the other way, not necessarily at the candidates, but at employers in terms of hiring practices or things they look for, um, maybe being too selective in certain areas. Now, being in the medical field, there's even more that comes into play with the safety concerns. But do you think that maybe some employers there are some mistakes they're making in terms of not looking in certain areas or um, maybe just any other facet that might limit who they're looking at and and effectively limit the talent that they're looking to bring in?
1: Um, You know, I really wish that when our facility hired people that they would – make it part of their hiring process to have somebody shadow Hmm. because that would really help a lot with their, not only the individual's decision as to whether or not they want to work on that floor, but our decision as to whether or not they would make a good fit for the unit because- Sometimes people apply for our unit thinking it sounds great on paper, and you know, you can have the discussion in the room, but until you actually experience what goes on on the unit, it doesn't really give you an idea of the expectations. So, that would definitely be something to consider for future employers is to make the shadowing experience mandatory for candidates so that they could see if that floor and the unit is it something that is what the individual is expecting to be a part of. Because sometimes people, we've had people come to the floor and then say, you know, I really wanted to work with these types of patients. And then you end up having someone in a situation where they're working on a unit that they're not interested in, and then it really shows in their work.
0: Mm -hmm. On the flip side of things then, when the job seeker... Maybe they're trying to stand out in some way. You touched obviously a lot on the idea of critical thinking skills and how big of a, of a factor that is. But are there any other skills that maybe people could bring about or utilize or share with you guys that would help them stand out? Maybe it comes from a different industry. Maybe it comes from, you know, something with their, their family situation. But are there any skills that really could stand out to set them apart?
1: Um we really also focus on teamwork. We don't work individually on that unit. Yes, you have your own tasks that you're assigned to, Mm -hmm. but everybody works together as a team. So what really makes us stand, uh, an individual who's applying for the position stand out is when their situations involve interacting with everybody, as well as compassion. Uh, You know, patients are there, they don't feel well, they've just had surgery, and we really need people to be compassionate towards the patients and make sure that they're not just whipping through them as their 12-hour shift, you know. Mm-hmm. When we have people who don't have that type of skill, then it really reflects poorly on the floor. And um, one of the things that we're constantly taught as managers is, you know, it takes one person to say something good about a unit, and but ten will complain. So right. we really need to get all of our people in order and make sure that they do have some sort of personality where they're compassionate towards the staff and not just, and the patients and not just trying to do a job.
0: Obviously, we've talked about a number of different areas and and you have perspective on all of this. I guess I might kind of put you on the spot a little bit in that unemployment, obviously everyone knows is high. These positions are hard to fill. So there's got to be something that gives there. So what is your, what would be your grand plan, your advice in terms of being able to bridge this gap? And you can go anywhere you want with it, whether it has to do with education um, or, or just getting people interested, um, because obviously you can't change some of those things. But what would be your advice? What would be your your guidance to both employers and job seekers in terms of finding a match here? Because as I said, you, you have all these people looking for work and you have positions that aren't getting filled. How do we all make right. that work?
1: Well, I know that the hospital does um referral bonuses, which is helpful, but it there's things that go into the expectations of the facility that you're working at. So things that are appealing to people when they apply to um, hospitals are their ranks. My facility gets nominated or ranked highly in a lot of the, I don't know what you call them. They have certain things that come out and they rank them for their excellence in care. The statuses of the hospital, like there's the renowned hospitals, like the Mayo Clinic, the John Hopkins, Mm. you know, they're magnet hospitals. So they, when they're renowned like that, it becomes appealing to people. But unfortunately, like we discussed, when there's limitations to how many people Positions are open, whether it's based on the economy in that area or the availability of people coming through those programs through their education, it's unfortunate. Um, The main thing I hear about is that it's really at the education level. When we discuss how come we're not getting the nurses that we need, it always seems to come back to there aren't enough positions through the the academic to even they, like I was told, um, you know, the university was only able to put through 60 in this class because they don't have the faculty to teach these students, you know, which is unfortunately unfortunate because they had 200 applicants, you know, so it's just, it really does come down to that point. And so the, a lot of the schools are trying to get more faculty, but, you have to have a higher level of education. So then those nurses have to go back to school and get a master's degree, you know, and on top of working. So it's just getting (laughs) everyone educated and then pushing that forward so that they can get more people through those programs. And then on top of it, if they're only going to be looking at bachelor's programs, then what does that say for the programs that are, Associates programs that are very good, but you can't do anything with it. You're Mm -hmm. limited. Then nobody wants to get an associates, and nobody wants to teach at associates facilities because it may be disappearing in the near future.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean that that definitely sounds like a huge concern. Uh, You know, a lot of the other things we talked about, it seems like people definitely would be interested in in getting into nursing and have the skills or or be trained in that way. So it definitely sounds like that's maybe where it's going to have to start. And I'm not sure where that begins in terms of who can, who can help figure that out. But, um, definitely something for people to look into and and keep in mind that, um, that is a factor. I mean, I think it's a lot of times we don't think about that side of things. So I definitely appreciate your, your insight on that. Unfortunately, that's going to bring this episode to a close here on moving up the ladder. Perhaps we've helped bring job seekers and the nursing profession a little closer together to get those positions filled. But as we talked about a little bit, there might be a third party involved there that's keeping them apart. Bridget Viborny, a clinical leader at Level 1 Trauma Center, helped bring us some of that knowledge and insight into this career. Bridget, thank you very much again for joining us.
1: Thank you, Tim.
0: Of course, it's always great to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.